welcome back to another episode of the Can It Be Real podcast. It is your girl Rachel back with another episode. Yeah, last week I hope it was a treat, a little break from me. You got, I got, you got to um, listen to a sermon my dad did on Mother's Day. Hope it blessed you. It blessed me when I was listening to it the first time. I hope it was a blessing unto you. Um, today we are back in the book of Galatians, chapter three. We will be doing three today, most of three today, and then we're going to pick up chapter, the rest of chapter three and the first part of chapter four in next week's episode. And, uh, yeah, hopefully eventually we'll get caught up to doing just one chapter a week, but I don't know. We'll see. It's, I'm just trying to take it in chunks, you know, as it kind of flows. So we'll just see how that goes. But before we get too deep into it, I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump right in and start reading, talking but hopefully not talking too much. So to Heavenly Father, God, thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross. Thank you, Lord, for the the joy of our salvation, Holy Father God. I pray, Lord God, that you will guide my lips this day, that you will get the glory out of this episode, Holy Father God. Holy Spirit, guide me, direct me, give me the right words to say. I pray all these things in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, amen and amen. So, like I said, we're going to be covering verses 1 through 22 today, and then we'll pick up 23 through 29, and then parts of chapter 4 next week, but we're going to be in just 23 today, or just chapter 3 today. So, I'm going to read verses 1 through 14, and then I'm going to reread them in the NLT, and then we're going to discuss briefly. So, Galatians 3, starting in verse 1, it says, and I want to, real quick before I start, if you haven't listened to chapter 2, two weeks ago, I believe, Go back and listen to chapter two, pause this real quick, go back and read chapter two. Paul is, it's similar thought. This is coming off of Paul opposing Peter for sitting with the Gentiles and eating with them. And then when some, some, uh, super religious Jews, Jewish Christians came into town, Peter started acting funny and stopped one and he stopped eating with the Gentiles and caused a whole bunch of confusion and a whole bunch of hypocrisy and Paul had to set dude straight. He said, get your life together, sir. So coming off of that, coming off of reminding us as Gentiles, but also reminding the church at Galatia, whom he wrote to, that they are saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. That's the tone that he's carrying on into into chapter three. So it says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again, I ask. Does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by you believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through him. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on the works of the law 
are under a curse. As it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole or a tree. It says, He redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we may receive the promise of the Spirit. Let the Lord's church say amen. So I'm going to reread it in the NLT real quick. Just to get a little bit better, you know, context. Because the NLT, like I said, I think it kind of gives, NLT reads a little differently. It's a little bit more easy to understand. But I like my study Bible and it's NIV. Um, so reading the first five verses in the NLT, it says, Oh foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus, of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on a cross or on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again. Does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. And then it goes back, you know, once again. So also, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So, like I said, chapter 3, especially the first half of chapter 3, is a continuation of chapters 1 and 2, specifically chapter 2 taught reminding the church at Galatia that they are justified by faith through or by grace through faith in Christ Jesus. I'm going to go back and read Galatians chapter 2 verse 16 part B. It says starting at like I said which is basically just the set there's a two not even going to it's not that deep. Part B it says so we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. So at this point, Paul is like, I'm going to need y'all to get this in your spirit. I'm going to need y'all to get this in your spirit. Christ, we are saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus, not by the works of the law. Paul's like, how many times do I got to tell y'all? He's like, y'all started off in the right way. He says in verse uh, three, he's like, after beginning by means of the spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? The NLT says, are you now trying to finish by means of human effort? He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you knew what it was. You already knew that it was by the spirit. It was by faith that you are saved. Why are you trying to go back to try to work your way to salvation? He's like, it don't work that way. Who confused you? Who lied to you? He's like, bump all that go back to the truth this is like this is the truth he says we too have put our faith in christ jesus that we may be justified by faith in christ 
not by the works of the law because by the works of the law no one will be justified he's like how clear how much more clear can I be and he's gonna get more clear because he's like obviously y'all ain't getting it so I'm gonna read verses I'm gonna read verse uh, Romans I'm gonna read a chapter from a section out of Romans Romans chapter 8 verses 1 through 4 and it's a similar tone because remember Galatians is written to the church at Galatia which was a Gentile region the book of Romans was written to the church in Rome which was Gentiles with Romans Greeks so it's a similar theme he's having to tell the Gentile believers to make sure they know that you are saved by grace through faith circumcision following these different celebrations and festivals and days in the Old Testament you know in the Mosaic law he's like that's good but that's not what saves you faith in Jesus Christ saves you he's like period that's what saves you so I'm gonna read Romans chapter 8 verses 1 through 4 it says therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering and so he condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be for fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit he's like how much more clear can i get you are saved by grace through faith in christ jesus because of what jesus did because of the grace of god not because of what you did he's like you didn't do anything you can't do anything you didn't do anything the only thing you can do is believe that jesus already did it <laughs> and just keep believing that continue to believe in that grow in that belief grow in that trust that he's already taken he's already did it you can't work for it you know everything else everything all the good that you do after you believe in jesus is a response to the faith that you claim and profess to have which I believe we talked about in the study of James. So go back and I think it was chapter three or four. I don't know. Don't quote me. That was a while ago. Um, but go back and watch or listen to the series we did through the book of James. It was really, really good and really fun. It was really fun. I enjoyed it. So we're going to skip on down to verses six through 14. I'm going to reread them. Actually, I'm, I'm not going to reread them. I'm going to just spot through them. Hopefully you're in a space where you can, open your Bibles with me either on your phone or a physical Bible and you can kind of go through them with me and if not then remember to go through and read the book of Galatians chapter 3 verses 1 through 22 when it comes to this episode but starting back in verse 6 briefly it says so also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness Abraham believed God had faith in God that and this is this is from Genesis 15 verse 6 this is when Jesus this is when God makes his covenant with Abraham it says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and therefore those who are who also have faith in God are considered children of Abraham I'm considered a child of Abraham if you believe in God if you believe that Jesus is the son of God if you believe what the gospel message is that he died and rose again on the third day with all power in his hands you are you are a child of Abraham because Abraham has the Abraham's faith is a faith of purely 
believing God. Abraham precedes the law, which we will get to in a second. But this, that to being considered a child, a child of Abraham is because you have faith in God. So I want to, and I want to briefly reference that in verses, in these first 14 verses of Galatians 3. All Paul's references, when he's referencing, you know, believe God and it was, Abraham believed God and was credited him as righteousness. All nations will be blessed through you, which was what God told Abraham. Uh, the righteous will live by faith. Cursed is anyone who does not, you know, continue to do everything written in the book of the law. All these things are Old Testament. These are, these are references from Old Testament books. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you know, Habakkuk. He's, I mean, not Exodus. Exodus wasn't in there. But Genesis, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Habakkuk. He was quoting Old Testament things. So once again, Jesus was always there from the beginning. In John, it talks about how the word was God. The word was with God. The word became flesh. Jesus is the word. Came, became, you know, come fle become flesh. He was with God at the very beginning. He was with God when Adam and Eve sinned. He was with God when they got kicked out of the garden. And so on and so forth. So it's a, that's a thing that as you continue to grow and study the Bible, grow in your faith, study the Bible, grow in your knowledge and understanding of the scriptures, it will become more and more clear to you how Jesus literally is in every book of the Bible. Like, Jesus is everywhere. <laughs> like, this is about Jesus. The Bible is about Jesus, you know, and how it's what God did through Jesus, what Jesus did for us, what Jesus is continuing to do, what he will do. It's about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. So, yeah, faith in who? Jesus. <laughs> Amen. So we're going to read Romans chapter four. Once again, like I said, my all my all my references today for the day's episode are all going back to Romans because, like I said, Romans is the tone is very similar to the tone that Paul has in Galatians in that he's writing to the church. He's writing to a Gentile, um, you know, a prominent, a predominantly Gentile church in a Gentile region, Greeks or Gentile, whatever, that's not Jewish. So they need to know these things. They need to know that you are saved by grace through faith in Christ Jesus, not by the works of the law. They need to get that in their spirit. Just like we need to be reminded that we can't earn salvation. We can't earn righteousness. We can't earn holiness. It's given to us because of what Jesus already did. Because of what because of God's grace. It is just a matter of us walking it out, right? God called us children of Abraham. And later on, God will call, you know, later on as we read, we see that God calls us children, God's child. We're children of God. God calls us that. We didn't call our, we, we aren't calling ourselves that first. God already called us that. So we are just living our lives out of a response to what God has already said about us, out of a response to what God has already done for us. So I'm going to read verses. I'm going to read, like I said, we're in Romans chapter four. We're going to read thir three through 12. So it says, what does scripture say? Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one, blessed, blessed is the one 
whose sin the Lord will never count against him. In this blessed blessedness, blessedness is is this blessedness one for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? We have been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. Under what circumstances was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? He said it was not after, but before. And he received circumcision as a sign, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. It's like, don't, don't, don't get lost just yet. Verse, uh, second half of verse 11. So then he is the father of those who believe, but have not been circumcised in order that righteousness might be credited to him. And he is then, he is then also the father of those who follow in the, he is then also the father of the circumcised who not only are circumcised, but who also follow the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. So Paul's just kind of summing it up like, you're circumcised, cool. If you're not circumcised, cool. The question is, do you believe (laughs) what God said? Yes. Fabulous. No, you're out of here. Like, it's so, he's like, it's simple. He's like, circumcised not circumcised that's not even the point anymore he's like the point is are you following in the footsteps of the faith that he had when god said that he was credited as righteous that's the point so i'm going to we're going to go move on to verses back in galatians chapter 3 moving on to verses 15 through 22 so i'm gonna read those real quick it says, brothers and sisters, let me not take an example. Ooh, not, let me not. Let me take an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or add to a human covenant that has been duly established, so it is in this case. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Scripture does not say and to seed, meaning many people, but and to your seed, meaning one person. Who is Christ Jesus? What I mean is this. The law introduced 430 years later does not set aside the covenant previously established by God and thus do away with the promise. For if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise. But God in his grace gave it to Abraham through a promise, gave the inheritance through a promise. So the inheritance of all nations will be blessed of all those things. Go back and read Genesis 12 through like 15 16 to get context better context but the promises that god made the covenant that god made with abraham specifically chapter 15 genesis chapter 15 he's like paul's like those promises that inheritance that covenant predates the law so he's like not that the law the basically like basically the law doesn't do anything when it comes to it doesn't it doesn't add and doesn't take away when it comes to the promise because it's like the promise predates the law and the promise will always stand. He says, for the inheritance, so he said, for if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on the promise, which makes sense. He's like, the promise came first. The inheritance came, the promise, the inheritance came through the promise, which came with Abraham. The law came through Moses 430 years later. He's like, but God in his grace gave it to Abraham, gave the inheritance to Abraham. The inheritance being the promised land, the inheritance being promised son the seed the son which would through all nations he would be blessed you know Christ Jesus which Paul literally just said he gave it through a promise which 
the laws can't touch. So, yeah, so that's verse 18. So in verse 19, it says, Why then was the law given at all? It was added because of the transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. The law was given through angels and entrusted to a mediator. A mediator, however, implies more than one party. But God is one. Is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But scripture has locked everything under the control of sin so that what was promised being given through faith in Christ Jesus might be given to those who believe. So I'm going to read verse 19 again. It says, why then was the law given at all? So in the NLT, it says, why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised, a.k.a. Jesus. And then once again, a side note in verse 20, it says, you know, um, a mediator, however, implies more than one party, but God is one. And I believe the mediator, I want to say in the NLT, the mediator that it mentions is, so in in the NLT, it calls the mediator out as Moses. So it says God gave his laws through, law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Now, mediator is helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement. Reason why he between the mediator was between the children of Israel and God. Moses was the mediator, but God, who is one, does not need a mediator when He gave His promise to Abraham. Just and I'm gonna flesh that out real quick. So in Romans, no, 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 in Hebrews chapter six, verse thirteen, it says, "When God made His promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for Him to swear by, He swore by Himself." So just like when God is one, when God did not use a mediator when He gave His promise to Abraham, He did that. You know, like he did with Moses, he did that because when when God gave his promise to Abraham, he was like, there's no one higher. So, you know how, you know how people, we foolishly be like, I swear to, I'm not even going to say it. I swear to, you know, fill in the blank and swear by something higher than ourselves, which we're not supposed to take the Lord's name in vain or swear by, you know, he's like, don't even, he's like, don't even say that. Just yes or no, simply yes or no. Um, but when God was making this promise. He was like, God looking around like, there's nothing higher that I can swear by than me. Therefore, I will swear by myself that I will, I will, I promise you, Abraham, I will fulfill everything I said to you. All the promises that I'm telling you right now will be done. You will be considered the father of many nations. You, by your seed, all, you know, all nations will be blessed. He's like, I promise you on me. That's going to happen. So anyway, just to say that real quick, I thought that was kind of interesting and kind of neat how, you know, but God is one. So he don't need a mediator when he's promising, you know, when he, when God makes a promise, he's like, I don't even, I don't even need nobody else. I'm going to just on me is going to happen. And you can take that to the bank. <laughs> but that was like I said, that was a side note. So hopefully to not distract, but I feel like Rome, Galatians 4, 15 through 22 which I just read, which, you know, to sum it up real quick, just talking about does the promise, like what was the law given at all? And it says, you know, it was given to show people their sins. 
the whole idea of like does the law does you know does the does the the law oppose the promises of God? No, <laughs> Paul's like absolutely not. You know, what was the, the who is this promised seed that you spoke of earlier? It's Jesus. So to sum all these things up, I'm gonna read Hebrew. I don't know why I keep saying looking at my verses. I'm gonna read Romans. Goodness gracious, Ooh, I'm gonna read Romans chapter four. No, no, Romans chapter ten, verse four, and literally the verse is the summation. You know, and um, it's fabulous. The Lord is so good. So in he Romans chapter ten, verse four, and I'm gonna close with this for today's episode. It says, Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Mic drop. <coughs> right? Mic drop. Christ. Go, go. If you got your Bible, physical or uh, electronic, Romans chapter 10, verse 4. Make sure this verse is highlighted. It is a good way to sum up everything that I just said when it comes to Galatians Chapter 3, verses 1 through 22. Christ is the culmination of the law, so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. That's it. That's all. We're going to pray and we're going to be done. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you, Jesus, that you are the culmination of the law. So that there may be righteousness for us who place our faith in you. Thank you for all the promises, Lord Jesus, that we have from God in, in you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for the joy of our salvation. Pray that we will continue to grow in our knowledge and understanding of your holy word and of you and of your power and your love and compassion for us. Pray that today will be a blessed day and that those who hear this message will be encouraged and inspired to dive into the word for themselves to get a better understanding of what you have to tell them through your word. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. That's all I have for today. Be blessed. We'll be back in Galatians chapter 3, verse 23, and then on next week. So yeah, until next time. Bye.